Hello listeners, welcome to the Fitter podcast, the show that's all about demystifying fitness and separating science fiction from science fact. On this show, we'll be looking at all those factors that contribute to your overall health and fitness and help you make the smarter and educated choice for your body. We have a great second season lined up for you. Our theme, as you know, this season is Lose Fat, Get Fitter. I'm your co-host JD and joining me on the show is the guy who puts the fit into fitter and the author of Lose Fat, Get Fitter, Jitendra Chokse, aka JC. Hey JD. Hey guys, it's great to be back. And uh, as JD said, we are going to have a great time in this new season. Absolutely. So, you know, when we were discussing what all we wanted to cover in this season, I knew that we simply had to have an entire episode on one of your favorite topics. Any guesses what I'm referring to? And here's the hint. Uh, you know, people who've been following me for some time uh, will know that if, if, if their goal is fat loss, then this is one exercise that I do not tell you to do. Yeah, I think people know what it is. We are talking, of course, about cardio. Now, uh, when people generally use the term cardio, they generally, they usually mean running or jogging or even walking. In fact, for most Indians, you know, exercise means walking. And almost all of them have been doing it because they've been told that if you walk, if you go for a jog, you're going to lose weight. And I think it's safe to assume that uh, walking and jogging are things that humans have been doing for some time. So we are used to it by now. (laughs) Yeah, well, only since the time we grew legs. You know, even before the wheel was invented, uh, you know, uh, I mean, walking and running were the only way for people to get around. And uh, uh, as we all know, and and almost everybody knows that our ancestors were hunter-gatherers, which meant that they had to walk uh, over great distances to find food and water. Uh, But if you look uh, running as a sport, then uh, the first account of that dates back to 776 B.C which is uh, when the first ever Olympic Games were held. And from 776 BC, right up to 728 BC, the Olympics had this event called the Stadion. The Stadion, which essentially was a 180-meter sprint. And then later on, a number of races were introduced. Uh, you know, there was even a race in which uh, runners used to put on their battle armors, uh, you know, literally looking like they're ready to go to war. And then they would run the race. Of course, we're talking about a time before sportswear and supplements. So the races must have been really growing, grueling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Forget sportswear. I mean, the runners didn't wear anything. I mean, they always ran buck naked. You know, so. really? Okay. Okay, I'm beginning to understand why the races were so popular. <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, they had this weird way of running. You know, they would wave their arms up and down really fast, like, like an ostrich. Uh, the idea was that they thought that it made them run faster. Yeah, true. I mean, when we think of the Olympics, of course, you know there are two things that come to mind. One is the Olympic torch, and the other thing is the marathon. Uh, the story is completely different. I mean, it it has nothing to do with the marathon that we do today. In fact, marathon is actually the name of a place. Uh, the story goes that you know Persians had attacked Greece. Um, they were slowly advancing across land, and the ancient Greeks. Um, uh, they they were outnumbered, but somehow they managed to win the battle, just like they've shown in the movie 300. This battle was 
fought at this place called Marathon. But here, here, here's the story. Here's the story. Wait for it. So after the victory, the Greeks sent a messenger uh, whose name was Pedipides, you know, and he went all the way back from Marathon to Athens. And his job was to deliver the message of the victory. Now the distance, yeah, now the distance from Marathon to Athens is about 25 miles. And this guy ran without taking any kind of break. And as soon as he arrived in Athens, he, he shouted victory, victory. And then he collapsed and died on the spot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is like Greek tragedy all over, you know? Yeah. So that's how the marathon came about. Yes. And which is why the very first Olympic, uh, International Olympic Games in 1896, they paid tribute to, uh, you know, Pelipheles by holding marathon from the marathon bridge to the Olympic Stadium in Athens. And that's how the whole marathon story came in. Uh, I mean, what I really find interesting is that here is a sport that was so popular in the ancient world. And now in the modern world, also people are still doing it. I know, there, there is actually an interesting sport from the 19th century, um, which I mean, if we, if we think about it today, it just feels weird. Uh, these days, when we talk about the US, um, you know, we think of baseball and basketball and, and, and you know, their version of football. Right. But for a brief period in the 19th century, I think around 1870s or 80s, you know, Americans actually had fallen in love with this uh, spectator sport called pedestrianism. Pedestrianism. Yeah. Uh, so pedestrianism was actually competitive walking. And these walking races used to be organized everywhere, like indoors, outdoors, small towns, big cities. And the sport was so popular that pedestrians, you know, that's that's what the athletes were called, pedestrians, they could win a prize money worth $25,000 back then. $25,000 in the 1880s. So yeah. in today's money, that is how much? Yeah, north of half a million dollars. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> For walking. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, so you can say that in a way, pedestrianism uh, uh, was something which got the whole ball rolling, you know, you know, big stadiums, big crowds, big sums of money. Yeah. But I Okay, so we have the ancient Olympics and we have these races, pedestrianism and all that. So far, we are like, these are spectator sports, you know, held in stadiums. But somewhere down the line, I think the common man decided, you know what, hey, even I can do that. Somewhere down the line, walking became a popular sport for people, the average man. It did. Uh, I think in 2018, 2019, much before all of this pandemic happened, in the US alone, more than uh, 18 million people uh, participated in some sort of race. Yeah. Right. I mean, that kind of brings me to the point, you know, that we were talking about that now people don't just see walking or jogging as some kind of sport, but it's actually become a popular exercise. Yeah. I mean, uh, again, interesting story. You know, uh, if we talk about cardio as an exercise, the real craze actually began uh, in the 1960s. And uh, cardio took off as a legit form because it was rebranded and was now called aerobics and right aerobics i mean i think our listeners know what aerobics is for sure <laughs> i i don't think you'll find a single person who hasn't attended at least one aerobics class in the life you know it 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 seemed like you are you're becoming a part of this new future revolution you know so, right and that's what rebranding does you know uh, the person who invented the term aerobics you know you are not going to believe this he was a colonel in the like, us air force uh, Dr. Kenneth H. Cooper. Okay. Now, Dr. Cooper was also responsible for creating um, the Smart Snack, uh, 
uh, guidelines, uh, which are now used by PepsiCo and Frito Lay to sell their stuff in school. Uh, what he does is he comes up with this catchy name called aerobics. Right. And then on top of that, he creates a test called the Cooper test and starts telling people that this is the best way to judge your fitness levels. So what's the Cooper test all about? Uh, yeah, so it's it's a 12-minute test which somehow measures how far a person can run in 12 minutes. And this was used to measure how fit a person was. Hmm. And then he awarded points to different exercises based on how effective uh, they were in improving or increasing the fitness parameters. Things like what's the effect on blood pressure, uh, total amount of uh, uh, blood and blood cells, uh, you know, have they increased or uh, have their respiratory uh, muscles become stronger, etc. And now this wasn't a new concept. You know, things like training effect, VO2 max, uh, they, they were already being used to measure all this. But what he did was he just simplified these things. You know, he, he, he explained it for the layman like nobody had ever done. And so when he published his book uh, in 1968, it, it kind of became a bestseller. And the main takeaway that people got from this book was that cardiovascular exercise, uh, which is running, walking, uh, they were the best form of exercise uh, because of the training effect. And the message he was trying to send out was extremely persuasive. It said cardio improves cardiovascular health. Um, aerobics means you are getting more air in your lungs, which will only mean that your blood will carry more oxygen and you'll be healthier i don't think dr cooper was saying that other forms of exercise are wrong or bad in fact a lot of his advice was quite sensible and common sense like eat well exercise regularly don't smoke and drink too much i think things got bad when media and hollywood uh, got wind of the aerobics phenomenon because i mean when somebody says aerobics today the image that kind of comes to mind is some skinny blonde in tight clothes who's dancing to techno pop music. I mean, think aerobics, this is the image that comes to your mind. <laughs> the unitards. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the leopard Neon clothes yeah. and all the headbands. Yeah. Yeah. Now, dance aerobics hai, zumba hai, but there's this other form of cardio that's really popular in the gyms and that's the treadmills. You know, the minute you step into a gym, you see these you know, rows upon rows of treadmills and electricals and all these fancy machines that count your steps and etc. And they tell you exactly that you're you know, burning a lot of calories. So obviously, people make a beeline for them. Look, guys, I hate to break the news to you, but those calorie burn figures are way off the mark. I've seen people run for hours, literally hours on the treadmill, they're sweating buckets. And they think that they're burning a lot of fat, but they're not burning anything. They're not losing fat, they're just losing hopes. <laughs> This is the point where I wanted to read out a section from your new book, Lose Fat, Get Fitter, which, by the way, is releasing very soon in July 2021. Uh, you know, because we're talking about people trying to burn fat by doing cardio. And uh, you have a chapter in the book, which is called Exercise and Training. The chapter's name is Exercise and Training. And what you've said is, uh, here's the quote, it's a good idea to learn about the different types of exercise forms and workout protocols that are available. Different goals call for different workouts. At the same time, it's important to know what each type of exercise can and cannot do. End quote. Now, I know this is one of your pet peeves, you know, cardio for fat loss. So obviously, you have to talk even more about it. So I get on your nerves. Now, what you're saying in the book is that each goal you know, for whatever, depending on what your goal is, there is a specific workout that perhaps is better or best for that particular goal. And till now, people have been thinking, if you're 
goal is to burn fat, then you need to do cardio. Now, you're the fitter guy, so you have to tell us what is wrong with that statement. Uh, look, let's talk about heart health, you know, and uh, hypertension, or what we call as high blood pressure, or uh, we can also call that as water pressure, considering that blood is 92% water, you know, so it leads to increased risk of cardiovascular diseases. Um, it is definitely the number one uh, risk factor for mortality. And of course, there's a number of other factors as well as contribute to heart diseases. So you need to take care of these parameters if you want to prevent heart diseases, right? So there were a number of studies which were done. And, uh, you know, uh, the result of these studies was that, uh, you know, and, and, and again, you know, the, the study was a study of study. It suggested that while cardiovascular exercises will definitely improve your cardiovascular health markers when you compare them to a sedentary population, okay? Which means if you are not doing anything and if you start doing cardio, something could definitely happen. Because something is better than nothing. Exactly. And this is the caveat. You know? this, is, this is what people need to understand. You know, that who are you taking into picture when you are doing this comparison? And people say cardio is better better in relationship to who? In relationship to people who are not doing anything. So if you are not doing anything, cardio is definitely better. But is there something which is better than cardio? Absolutely. Resistance training and a combination of cardio. So if you do resistance training, that's also good enough. You know, if you add, let's say, an additional session of cardio or two, that's the best. Look, more cardio is definitely, uh, you know, helpful for athletes who want to build up their endurance. Uh, you know, for example, if I want to uh, stand in the boxing ring for three minutes for uh, 15 rounds, that's a lot of cardio. You know, I'm, I'm talking about 45 minutes of grueling, uh, you know, stepping on my, uh, 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 stepping inside the ring. Uh, not to mention the simultaneous punches and attacks and defense, all that coming my way, right? So I need to have this cardiovascular endurance uh, in peak condition. And I cannot achieve that just through resistance training. I have to do cardio. And the trade-off is that if I only do cardio, then I'm losing muscles, which means that it affects uh, agility, which affects my uh, uh, you know flexibility. It also affects uh, my intensity because when I'm throwing the punches, you know, punches got to be strong, you know, it affects my reflexes. So all these things need to be balanced out. And this balance is what we have to try and achieve. You know, there's this new trend that, uh, like I said, you know, at the beginning that walking is considered one of the best forms of exercise. And these fitness trackers have become really popular that you must clock at least 10,000 steps a day to be healthy. Compared to nothing compared to nothing. If you're not doing anything, you are definitely going to get benefited when you do 10,000 steps a day. But if you're already an athlete, if you're doing already all sorts of exercises, there's no need for you to complete 10,000 steps. How accurate these fitness trackers are? Absolutely. Look, they use artificial intelligence and over a period of time, they will get better and better. But I'll tell you, they work on the concept of MET, which is the metabolic equivalent. Now, this metabolic equivalent is basically the work done in a given period of time. and this was calculated in a lab. So when you when you walked 10,000 10, steps, they calculated the metabolic equivalent and it came out to be roughly uh, like that, that they use as a gold standard. They call it one. 
and every and and they say that you know uh, for one MET you're burning 300 calories, and every other exercise is calculated in relationship with this one MET. They are not actually calculating MET for individual exercises. They are doing this. Uh, it's basically a formula, and it's a generic formula. Just like how we use the formula for BMI, we know that BMI is a great formula, great tool when you are taking large population groups. But when you come to individuals, uh, BMI is not really an accurate measure of a person's fitness. We we measure different parameters like body fat percentage, mean mass, and all those things. So in a similar manner, when we talk about these fitness trackers, they are good when you have to take in the large population into consideration. Today, we, there's 2.2 billion people who are suffering from lifestyle diseases. And the idea is to mobilize these people, you know. So telling them that, hey guys, do ten thousand steps per day. That's the easiest, most generic, generic approach, you know. But that does not work for individual to individual, right? That's where personalization comes in. That's where uh, you know, like companies like Fit or Healthify Me, you know, where we personalize things comes in. Yeah, I get you. But you know, right now a lot of our listeners who are uh, you know tuned in. uh gyms are closed because of the lockdown who knows when they are going to open up we are probably all of us locked up at home we're in uh, uh, under lockdown most of the cities are and walking seems to be the only exercise that we can get now do you recommend that that is not true that is not true look I, i'm not sure if you have seen my recent pictures but you should i'm feeling the fittest i have ever been in the whole life and the reason for that is this is the first time i've been extremely consistent you know before it was a given that i would miss a day or two in the gym or you know i have rest days but now i'm working 24 uh, 365 days uh, a year you know so so i think this consistency has definitely helped and to people out there look you don't have to worry about these complex exercises like i said if you are starting your fitness journey the whole fitness and nutrition bit is extremely simple and don't complicate it by listening to people who who are looking for the edge and they are sharing their insights on how they gain that edge instead just focus on the basics you know increase your neat neat as your non exercise activity thermogenesis so just just walk do your chores uh stay active throughout the day you know that's that's one good way to increase increase your total daily energy expenditure and If you don't know what to do in terms of exercises, just do three exercises: push-ups, pull-ups, squats, and keep doing them over and over and over again. And over a period of time, just increase the intensity. As in, if you are if you are able to do ten push-ups today, try doing fifteen tomorrow. Day after tomorrow, you know, do twenty, and you will realize that you are still able to gain muscles and you are still losing weight. You know, so so it's not that difficult. Uh, the the problem is people out there are trying to make fitness impossible for. Uh, new guys out there, you know, it's it's not that difficult if you're if you're uh, an entry level guy. It's not difficult at all. It's extremely simple. So then, JC, what's the final word on cardio? Yeah, well, look, cardio is. Um, you know, I personally don't like doing cardio, even though I do cardio because of my boxing, and I have to build some endurance for that. If you like doing cardio, please do that, but don't overdo. Any exercise. as an complete without resistance training you do resistance training and it builds muscles it prevents sarcopenia it keeps you strong lots of benefits of resistance training i mean the, we'll have to cover an entire uh, episode for resistance training 
I hope we have something in the in the box for that. But yes. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. So look, don't uh, just focus on cardio. Cardio you can do one or two sessions or more if you are, uh, you know, participating in some sort of endurance uh, sports, uh, or if your lifestyle requires you to have a lot of uh, endurance. But other than that, a primary focus should always be on resistance training. Excellent. Excellent. And I think. you know we are ending the episode on resistance training because our next episode that is episode 3 is all about resistance training so i think we are going to carry on this conversation and uh, whoever tuned in today you must make sure that you uh, come back and listen to next week's episode because we are going to go pretty deep into resistance training and why jc thinks it is superior to cardio okay awesome so great talking to you jc as always thanks a lot guys thank you jd Thanks, and you are listening to the Fitter podcast. We'll be back next week, as promised, with another episode where we talk about fitness and health. Mm-hmm.